Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi. Can I help you find something? Librarians specialize in helping you find what you were looking for, and sometimes what you didn't know you were looking for. Thank you for joining me as I talk to my guests about all things library, including the books inside them. I'm Julie Chavez, and this is Ask a Librarian. Tracy Thomas is an avid reader and book lover who created the acclaimed podcast, The Stacks, in order to talk about books and the ways they shape our cultural understanding of race, gender, politics, and what it means to be alive. Weekly guests range from academic thought leaders to best-selling authors, from actors to politicians and more. You'll find Ibram X. Kendi, Angelina Jolie, Britt Bennett, Deezus and Mero, Quentin Tarantino, and many more on the stacks. Tracy also writes a monthly bookish advice column on shereads.com. Tracy lives in LA with her husband, aka Mr. Stacks, and her twins, the mini stacks. You can find her on Instagram at the stacks pod. Here is my very thoughtful conversation with Tracy. Hi, Tracy. How are you today? I'm so good. How are you? I am doing well. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be talking to you because I was, I've was i been listening to your podcast, but I was lucky enough to see you on a panel at the Bay Area Book Festival oh, yeah. with Brooke Warner, who is my coach and was my editor for a time. And oh I was so, I was so happy to see that panel, but also to listen to all your perspectives. It was fantastic. So I'm so oh, excited yay. you're here. I think they turned those into like podcasts. Oh, did where they? people could hear. I don't listen. Don't quote me <laughs> before you publish this episode. Maybe do some googling. I think that they did. I think the Bay Area Book Festival. I think that's what they told me they were going to do. Okay. So there might be a link for people if they do want to hear it. Though oh, I don't know. Perfect. <laughs> that's good to know. I will. I shall investigate. Yeah. And check it out. Um, back I around. could be lying, and oh. at, at which point, please apologize. I won't. For sorry, everyone. We'll, we'll pretend. <laughs> we'll pretend like it didn't even happen. It doesn't even matter. Great. I love it. Well, I'm just so, so I just saw that July 6th was your 222nd episode. That's right. That's my lucky number, 22. And it's 2022. I was so excited. That felt very serendipitous. So 22 is your lucky, lucky number. number. Yeah. Oh my but it's, gosh. That's a lie, actually. Oh, There's perfect. more than 222 episodes. Okay. Because in 2018, the end of 2018 and in 2019, I used to do these extra episodes every other Monday called the short stacks. Yes. There's 29 of those. And oh. then I also did a five episode mini series on banned books. So there's an additional 34 episodes. 34. In addition to the 222. Gosh, this math is hard. So yeah, that's I'm bad at math. I was like, 56. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we're at 256. 
That is amazing. Well, and I wanted to ask you about that because I listened to the short stack with Ibram X. Kendi, which was mm. fantastic. But I also, we can loop back around to that. But I want to start with a very important question, which I think leads in nicely right before we started recording. We were talking about the malls mm-hmm. that we went to as teenagers, which is important. <laughs> so here's my question for you. And that's, what was your first job as a teenager? I think maybe a babysitter. Babysitting was the gig, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I babysat. I worked at a restaurant. Okay. I was a waitress, but I, that wasn't my first job. I also, my mom was a mortgage broker. And so sometimes I would work the front de- desk and like answer the phones. But I can't remember if I was paid to do that. So I don't know. Like a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah. You were just doing a variety. I was a Wearing teenager. a variety of hats. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was like finding money in <laughs> random places. It's so true. And when I think about uh, back on babysitting, I tell people this all the time. I really ate so much of people's food. Right? I I took naps. Like when the kids (laughs) would go down, I would fall asleep. I hated babysitting. It's like a nightmare of a job for me. Well, that is good to know that. So it's great because this is going to help us uh, go from babysitting, not something that you enjoyed to now you're podcasting, which apparently you do enjoy. Tell me. So how did it get started? Give me the origin story for the stacks. Okay. The short version. I tell the story all the time. So I'm like trying to get it shorter, but it's a little annoying. Okay. So I like it. I was a reader growing up in high school and college. I liked books, whatever. I lived in New York. I read a lot on the subway. And then in 2012, we moved to Los Angeles and I stopped mm-hmm. reading because there's no subway. And so like you drive places, you can't read. And I wasn't yeah. into audiobooks yet. I didn't, I don't even think I knew really. Anyways, they, like you saw it's like get the like CDs or whatever. Yeah, or you I could like download say, from, you yes. could like buy from Amazon right. or like from iTunes, but it wasn't like how it is now where you can like, anyways. Yes, not as accessible. So I wasn't reading as much. Mm-hmm. And in 2016, I was like, I really miss reading. I'm going to read a book a month. And that was my big goal. And it felt like really hard. And in like December 2016, I finished my 12th book. And I was like, wow, I did it. Where is my Presidential Medal of Freedom? <laughs> like, congratulations to me. Someone call me and say thank you. So then in 2017, I was like, I'm going to read 13 books this year. Okay. And in 2017, I like started hitting a stride. And yeah. I ended up reading 24 books. But the first few months, I only read like five. Like it was like through May, I read one book a month. And then all of a sudden, I was like, I love reading again. And throughout that whole period, I was teaching fitness. And I would post the books on my Instagram page that I had finished with like a little mini review or be like, this book was great or whatever. And people at my work would start coming up to me and being like, oh, you read this? Have you read that? And like wanting to talk and engage around books. And as I mentioned, I live in LA and there's this idea that people in LA don't read mm. or like people in LA don't care about books or that, but like, it's not true at all. It's actually quite the opposite. People in LA read so much because so many people are in the industry. And so yes. they're looking for the next thing to option or they're doing research on their next project or whatever. So there's like a ton or they're reading scripts, which is really, yeah. yeah. so there's just like a ton of reading happening in LA that people don't talk about it. And so I was realizing that people wanted to talk about it. And a friend of mine was like, you should start a blog. And I was like, I hate writing. No. And then I was like, oh, I read this book that I loved. Nobody else I knew had read it or like knew anything about it. And I was like, I should start a podcast because there's like no podcast episodes about this book. There was only two and one was like really pretentious. And then one was about law. And I was like, let me just like try to talk about books in a way that the books that I want to talk about in the way that I want to talk about them. And so I started the podcast and that was in 2018. So it was like a very organic sort of like 
And I also should say, I love podcasts and I've been listening to podcasts since like 2010, 11, which is a lot earlier. Like Serial came out in 2014, which is like the reference I usually use because yes. that's the, a lot of people found podcasts in 2014. Yes. I was listening for years before that. So it was like a medium that made a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I love this. This would be fun. I could do this. So yeah, that's how it happened. I love that story. And I think what I really appreciate about it too is that's such a good word for anyone who's in a slump. Because I feel like we do see reading as, you know, there, it's so easy to say, oh, I'm a reader or I'm not a reader, as opposed to reading does sometimes go with the other conditions in our lives. For right? sure. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm always, that's really cool to hear about. And yeah, 2010 was early for podcast adoption. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah, I mean, you were ahead of the curve. <laughs> Just listening. I didn't start my show that early. I should have. I could have really been ahead of the curve, but yeah. Well, I like it. Now, your podcast is independent. Mm-hmm. And was it always so? Because I was noticing the short stacks were... With- so it started independent. Okay. And then in 2019, I joined the Lady Gang, yes. uh, which is on Podcast One. So they had their own network. And then I left the Lady Gang and went back to being independent in 2021. So I started independent, was independent for like a year and a half, and then I left and I'm independent again now. Is that important to you? Yes and no. Okay. I didn't particularly care for being on a network. I didn't think it added much for me, mm-hmm. but they did not have like creative control or anything over the show. So the show has pretty much stayed the same. Like not a lot has changed as far as what you hear and what you heard before I joined and after I joined. So I think for some people that is important. One of the things that was important was that even when I was with them, I always owned the entire show. They never owned any piece of it. So that was important to me. Yeah. But as far as like being on it, the way that my whole thing was structured, it was really just like a way to build audience. It wasn't so much like a exchange of ideas as it might be. Like if you create a new show with a network, then they own part of it. Or if someone acquires you, then they acquire those episodes become their, their own by those people or whatever. So that wasn't part of anything. Well, that's so interesting. That kind of backside to this world of Mm -hmm. podcasting and the way that everything relates. I mean, it's its own machine and so many things. I feel like I learn something random and new every day, (laughs) (laughs) especially when I screw something up. Which is also my favorite. So you've had, obviously, as we calculated, 256 guests. Maybe a few repeats in there? Yeah. Okay. So so people come for two episodes. Some people come for two episodes. Okay. So So less guests than episodes. I won't even I don't know how to do that math. Yeah. We'll just, we'll, I'll put that in the notes too, along with our other details. Mm -hmm. But has there anybody, who stands out to you? Have there been any guests that have been surprising to you? Like where they came on and you thought it was going to go one way and then it was very oh yeah different. Yeah, but I don't want to say okay because I I don't I don't like people to know what I think when I go in. <laughs> yes, because sometimes oh. I'm wrong. Like sometimes I'm thinking someone's going to be a certain way. Like I'll say this with Ibram okay. Kendi. Yes, he was not the personality that I. He was a different personality that I thought he was going to have. Like I because like when you read a book that someone's written, you create a lot of things around that person. Yes. And when I interviewed him, it was well before he was like this household name. Mm -hmm. And so I went into that interview being like, oh, he's going to be like this. We're going to, we're going to small talk about this and that. At the time he, in his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, he talks about how he had had cancer. And at the time, the next day I was actually leaving LA to go 
to the Bay Area to go be with a loved one who was going through cancer treatment. So I was like, oh, we'll be able to connect over this or whatever. You know, like I had created all these stories. Sure. He just wasn't what I had created in my mind. Mm. Not good or bad. I had just like done the thing that I do, which is like, imagine things, you know? (laughs) So that was one where he was like really different than what I thought. But most people surprised me because I've created stories for them in my mind based on what I've read about them and like based on my research. Sure. Because you spend a lot of time researching prior to an episode, it sounds like. Yes. I don't know what other people do. So I don't know if it's a lot or if it's not a lot. Like (laughs) I don't have a frame of reference. (laughs) What's your typical... So you'll read the book. I read the book. And then... I will listen to them on other interviews. I will read articles or things. Maybe I've already read other books by them. So yeah, I try to do like due diligence, but I just don't know how much time other people spend. I know I spend more time than some people and I know that I spend less time than other people. I'll put it that way. That is a very (laughs) diplomatic response to that question. (laughs) It's true though. And I think, I mean, as the consumer end of your podcast, they're just perfectly researched because there's enough, there's enough meat to them. But then also you do a really good job of kind of letting the person reveal themselves. And that speaks to what you were saying, right? You have to know that you be self-aware and think, okay, yeah, I do kind of have this story, but then you really do a great job of bringing them in and just letting them show who they are. It's really fantastic. That's very kind. That makes me feel nice. Thank you. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> I I really liked the episode with uh, Stephanie Fu, What My Bones oh, Know, yeah. too. She yeah. was That was fantastic. another episode where I had preconceived notions and they she was not what I thought she was going to be. So maybe you oh. like those episodes. It sounds like maybe. those episodes are episodes <laughs> that you like where I'm like not where I'm like really thinking a lot as we're going. Mm, interesting. <laughs> I mean, I'm no. thinking a lot always, but but like yes. some episodes when when what I've imagined is yes. different than what the person is, I have to do a lot more thinking about how to navigate. Whereas if someone comes in and I have a relationship with them before or I have a sense of them and it's yes. accurate, it's a little bit less thinking on my end because it is it's there's no like cognitive dissonance or whatever. Like it just feel it's it's what I had envisioned. So I'm like, great, I'm in the zone. But when it's not what I've envisioned, I'm like, how can I make this work? So it sounds like you like those ones. <laughs> yes. I I think I do. I I mean, and I can appreciate that too though, because I've I don't think I've met any of my guests prior. And so when having them on, it does take a minute to just figure out how people feel comfortable and want to be and want to talk. And so that's, but you're a very good interviewer that way. Thank you. So yeah, I love it. I also really enjoyed Band Books Week. Mm, Of course you're a librarian. I know. It really is. Sort of your bread and butter. I know. Really pandering to an audience. Yes. (laughs) I was wearing a cardigan while I was listening to it. You had glasses on. You were just pushing (laughs) your little book card and Dewey decimaling all day or whatever you all do. And you're Decimals. It is a mystery. <laughs> Who knows what we're up to? A bunch of rogue, rogue crazies. But I really liked that episode or those episodes, especially because, you know, your normal format, you're centered on a book. Mm-hmm. And so those felt different in that they felt a little bit more exploratory and you yeah. were really learning a lot too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that was so well done. I really felt like it brought to the forefront kind of the urgency of Mm -hmm. banned books because it has been around for, that's been happening for so long that we do kind of have this, 
I don't know. I don't think people maybe know or are understanding totally the difference between what's happening now and people not wanting other books out there. I I just think you did a really good job. And I have to say, I was super surprised by Thursday Williams. I thought, I mean, because I was so dumb when I was young, like, and I was listening to her and a couple of the other younger people you had on there. And I was like, man, they're doing great. Yeah. I need to send them some fan mail. Yeah. Thursday's (laughs) awesome. I mean, she's also a performer. She was on Broadway. So she definitely was like, knows how to talk about things, which is really, it's always like, it's different when you have someone on who's like super, you know, not media trained, but like she is able to communicate her. I mean, she's a debater. Like that's, you know, so I was like, she's going to be great. And she was. Oh, (laughs) she was fantastic. You're right. People that have more of a public facing side. Yeah. Especially younger people, you know, Uh, but she, I mean, she's like 20, I think now. I think she's in college. I know she's in college. I think she's like a sophomore, junior in college right now. Okay. So see, she's almost getting into the age where then I have that problem of thinking I'm the same age as those people when I'm definitely not. Mm -mm. We're old. We're washed. (laughs) It's true. And you talked about the olds. And I was like, oh, it's so true. I'm an old. I know. I really, I listened to your interview too on Library Land Loves. And something I really liked that you said that you did ban Book Tweak because you said it was a thing I had to do if I want to be the person that I think that I am. Yeah. So how did that come about? I mean, I loved reading that because it feels so self-aware in that side of knowing where our blind spots are and trying to find information. So when you, how did that, you were just seeing it in the news or what was it that was like the linchpin for, okay, I'm going to do this? Gosh. Okay. It was such a, it was like, I like to prepare. I'm like a very type A kind of person. I like to be prepared. We talked about that. I work best when I am prepared and then I can like play within that. Yes. And I like structure, which is why the show is usually the same every week pretty much. Mm -hmm. But there was all this stuff going on about banning of books. And I felt like it was like kind of popping up in the media, but like not enough in the ways that I like wanted to hear from people. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to a few friends and was like, is this corny if we do like a book banned book thing like am I being like a dork like because you know sometimes people do things and I'm like it's way too on the nose you know it's like okay great congratulations thank you for like telling me this piece of information that is like so obvious you moron so I reached out to a few yeah exactly so I reached out to a few friends and I was like what if I like do this thing like is this dumb and and one of my friends was is KSA Layman, who was on the fifth day. Yes. He was like, it's fucking genius. Stop hating yourself. Like, you'll, it'll be great. Yes. And he is usually the person when I have an idea that I'm not sure about in the world of books, I'll just text him and be like, hey, I have an idea. Is it horrible? And if he's like, I have follow-up questions, I'm like, okay, I won't do it. But if he's <laughs> like, yes, do it. I just do it. Because I'm like, somebody believes in me and he's smart. And if he says yes, then like, great. So I was like, okay, great. Thanks. Do you know any librarians? <laughs> uh, and he connected me to Katrina. Mm-hmm. So I knew, so like once I had the idea, I knew that I wanted it to take up the whole week. I knew okay. that I wanted it to feel different. I knew that I wanted it to be like an exploration. And then from there, I just sort of tried to source the kinds of people and voices that I thought would be great. And then what ended up happening is I reached out to a few authors 
And they both said yes. So then I was like, oh, now I have too many guests to do five days. Let me try to change the whole format on the fly. So I reached out to my editor, Christian, and I was like, this first interview is too long now because we have extra people. So could we do two people a day? And then I was like, shit, but I only have seven people. So then I had to like go back and like find more people. It was like just a really chaotic, not how I like to work at all experience. And all of this started on a Saturday and the first episode aired the next Monday. So it was like, we... Because I wanted it to feel urgent and I wanted to do it when I thought people were still going to be talking about it. And I was worried if I waited that it was going to... I was going to have missed the opportunity to Mm. really like insert these voices into the conversation because so much of the conversation has been about like four authors who's like four books have been banned. Like it's like about these four books basically. And like the horrible people who are wanting to ban the books. And there's like so much missing. So I tried to like put it all together. There are people who aren't, who weren't part of it that now in retrospect, I'm like, maybe I should have had a parent or, you know, maybe this, maybe that. But for the most part, we just like really threw it together. And my editor, Christian, who is a dream was like so helpful. And he has another full-time job and he does me on the side, but he like worked his ass off all week to like get these episodes out. And we were like, just chugging along. And at the end of the week, we were both like, I never want to talk to you again. (laughs) (laughs) This Um, was great. Lose my number. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) I sent him a bottle of alcohol and I was like, please don't quit. Thank you. (laughs) So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but it was very much like, this is an idea and let's kind of flesh it out as we go. So like the interview with the student that aired on the Thursday, on the fourth episode, I recorded that on Tuesday afternoon. Like, so I didn't know. I just knew I had a slot for the student. Yeah. But like timing wise, I didn't know. And then I didn't know what she was going to say. And I didn't know if it was going to fit. And I was just like, we're going to just try it. And I knew that I wanted to do the fifth day with PSA because I was like, no matter what happens, I think he'll help me and everyone else like make sense of what we've been talking about. Yes. Um, But he didn't hear any of the interviews. So like he didn't know any of the information. And he and I recorded that before I finished some of the interviews. So it was like a little disjointed on the creative end. Yeah. But I think it turned out, you know, fine or good or whatever. But like, it's not how I like to work. (laughs) Like, I never want to do it again. Though sometimes I'm like, maybe we'll do something similar again. But I don't... I. It was such an organic idea in the moment that I just like felt like I should do it. And I don't have like a plan to do that again. So what are you reading now? Mm, I'm reading the new Mohsen Hamid book called The Last White Man. Oh. Comes out August 12th, maybe. Okay. And then I'm reading the book that won the Pulitzer for nonfiction by Andrea Elliott called Invisible Child about a young girl, Dasani, who is homeless in New York. It's Mm. fantastic. It's a bit of a clunker. It's like 500 something pages. It's really good. I'm listening to that on audio. And so I'm reading the Mosin Hamid book and that's it. I only read one book with my eyes and one book with my ears at a time. I don't do the thing that people do where they're reading like nine books. Nope, not possible. One audio, one print at a time. That's it. Wow, good for you. Yeah. That probably makes things feel a lot less crazy. Yeah, I don't know how people do it. I'm like, what? How are you paying attention? I can't bear, like, uh, no. One in one. Some people have that sort of... It's so weird. People are like, I'm reading nine books at once. I'm like, what is is happening? (laughs) How? How are you doing that? When, (laughs) how, 
there's not even nine days a week. It's not like you're like, okay, this is my Thursday book. Like, what are you doing? What's going on? How that is explain it to me. I just started reading The Swimmers on your recommendation. Oh, so good. It is really good. That is one of those books. Every time I put it down, I'm like, now that's some writing. Yeah. Like I'll even I'll yeah. even go back and look at her sentence structure too. Yeah. I'm just yeah. like, this Sen- is perfect sentences. Perfect. Oh my gosh. Amazing. So What's a book that you would recommend to like, you know, maybe over the last six months or something, is there one that's been like a go-to that you think everyone should read? That I don't if- believe in everyone should read okay. this book. I just, it's, I, I'm fundamentally opposed to that idea. I hate it when people say it to me. I, it drives me crazy. Not you, but just like when people are like, when people like post about a book, like everyone should read this book. I'm like, no, not everyone no. needs to read that book. Yeah. It's like, usually it's books. People say that a lot about books that are like about race or like disability or whatever. And it's like, no, I don't have to read that book that you read because I lived it, you know, or like, yes. I, I've read 10 other books that were written for academics around this subject. Or frankly, I don't fucking care about that. And like, I don't want to read it. Doesn't sound like a book I would like. Yes. So I like, it it really annoys me because it's like, oh, I learned something from this. So everyone needs to read it. It's like, well, maybe other people already knew it. Maybe you're late (laughs) to the party. The book came out six years ago. So for me, I I really try to like recommend books based on people. A book that I have been recommending pretty freely is The Swimmers because I think it's really good. And because it's so short, I feel comfortable that even if you don't like it, you could finish it and not hate me. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I'm like, oh. I would not recommend Invisible Child to a bunch of people because it's a 500 and something page book. And like, right. I don't want to be responsible because if you don't like it, you're not going to like it. But I yes. don't want people to think like after a hundred pages, oh, I have to stick with it because Tracy said it was great. I'm like, if you're not liking it now, you're not going to like it in 300 pages. A hundred percent. But the swimmers, I'm like, it's 150 pages. Like, if you like to read, if you're curious about it, it's yes. really good. I trust that it's a good book, even if you don't like it. So that's what I've been re- recommending a lot. I don't know. I try to give really specific recommendations to people. I appreciate that, actually, because whenever anybody asks me what to read, my first question to them is, what do you well, like? What kind of books do you yeah. like? <laughs> what are you give looking me, for? And I even do that with the kids. I mean, tell me a book you read that you liked. Yeah. And then I can go from there. But yeah, the whole... You're right. It it really is such a personal thing too. Yeah. And factoring in people's time and their, you know, all yeah. the things. Yeah. Right. Like my sister-in-law is a huge reader. She's one of my dearest friends. And she'll text me and be like, what should I read next? I'm like, well, what are you in the mood for? Even though I know her taste, like I know what she'll like, but I'm like, are you in the mood for the swimmers or are you in the mood for this like academic? She's an academic. I'm like, okay. are you in the mood for this like incredible academic text? Are you in the, she'll be like, I want a really good story. And then I'm like, okay not the swimmers. You probably want that. Like, you know, like, okay, here's six books. And then she'll, you know, report back. But I, so even with people that I know really well, I'm like very particular because I want people to like the books that I pick. I hate when I recommend a book and the person's like, oh, I need to finish now. I'm like, oh no, I failed you. I feel equal parts. I failed you. And also I'm super annoyed. I want you to try harder. (laughs) Oh no, I never feel that. I don't ever feel I want you to try harder. I take it as a personal failure always. And I never, I, that I just, I usually, because I've been recommended so many books that suck that I never blame. I never blame myself. I'm not like, oh, 
I need to try harder. I'm like, this book needed to be better. This and needed- then I'm like, I'll never take recommendation from that person again. So oh. I try really hard not to give a bad recommendation because I'm so hard on people who give me a bad recommendation. I love it. And I will probably not recommend any books to you. <laughs> <laughs> because I like, we have a good thing going. Yeah. I but I also feel it. like no. I know my taste. Yes. So like if you were to recommend a book to me that sounded yeah. absolutely like nothing that I wanted to read, I would be like, oh, Julie, thanks so much. Okay, I'll check it out. I'll add it to my list. <laughs> and I probably wouldn't list. read it. But I yes. do usually add it to my list because sometimes like maybe you recommend it and I'm like, mm, I don't know. But then maybe someone else recommends it. And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't know that was in there. I, someone else told me about this. Let me check it out. You know, so like yes. I do actually add it to my, like, I don't just say that as like, sometimes, okay, Colleen Hoover, I'm not adding to my list. If one more I, fucking person tells me about Verity, I'm going to pull my eyebrows out one by one with my toes. Like I cannot. <sighs> oh, I can't wait to send you a stack of Colleen Hoover books just as a prank. That sounds amazing. I actually might end up reading one just so I can be like, I did it. Leave me alone. But I also like don't want to. Okay, understood. I'm interested as to who would recommend that to you because I feel like that doesn't, from what I see of your reading taste. A lot of people don't actually recommend based on other people's taste. They actually recommend based on their taste. So it's not so much, Tracy, I think you'll love this. It's, oh my God, I love this book. I I want you to read it so that we can talk about it. Yes. Super different from... Like, you'll like this. Yes, 100%. Yeah, it's a gift-giving kind of idea. Yes, yeah, I love it. It's just it. a different thing. But yeah, it's like Colleen Hoover. Okay, <laughs> well, perfect. So we'll we'll set that aside as a yeah. no thank you. No Not thank for you. me. Not for um, me right now. But though, I may end up reading it to do it on the show because I think that would be fun. I think that would be super fun. <laughs> and I will say, too, that I put things on my list as well because so much has to do with timing. Yeah, and like, also, like, hate reading is fun. Oh, it is. It is fun. Yeah. Especially if you have someone, when I'm doing some hate reading, I like to read passages aloud to Mm. either the teenagers or Mondo and they can kind of judge it with me. That can be fun. You're right. Yeah. 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 We just keep it to ourselves. Well, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I have a podcast where I talk about books, so I actually don't always keep it to myself. Well, that is true. You have a little bit more. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll have a books I didn't like episode of Ask a Library. Yeah. Fun. That could be good. People love hearing about books people don't like. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, it, and it's an interesting question, right? Like, what didn't you like about it? I think that's the thing. If somebody doesn't like a book, that's fine. I do like to hear why. Right? Like, did you not like the writing? Did you not like the concept? What didn't work for you? I think what is 
interesting and irritating to me about people not liking books is like, no one has a problem being like, I didn't like that movie. It sucked. Yes. And people are so precious about books. And I'm like, why are we doing this? You know, Mm. like, it's like this weird, like, oh, we don't want to offend the author. I'm like, do you care if Steven Spielberg knows that you didn't like his movie? (laughs) Like, why do you care? What's the, what's going on with you that it really matters to you that like, there are bad books. Some books suck. And like, if I read a book that sucks, I'll be like, this book sucks. And I do tell people why I like or don't like things. Yes. I try to always give a reason what what works and what doesn't work for me in a book. Mm -hmm. But also like, I I don't think we have to. I think we can just say like, I didn't fucking like Educated. I thought Educated sucked. I did not care for that book. And we did a whole episode on it. And I talked about it because it was an episode. But like, I just didn't like that book. I I didn't find her interesting or smart or anything. Yeah. And like, I think that's okay. And like Malcolm Gladwell's most recent book, bad, really bad, really problematic. Really. I haven't read that one yet. Horrible. Don't do it. Okay, perfect. I, it's like one of the few books that I'm like, people need to stop with him. He's a hack. He's lost his whole, he's lost his whole thing. He's anyways. But anyways, I just think we should be able to say that. I don't Mm. like, I don't think it, I don't think that me thinking a book is bad is important. Just like me thinking a movie is bad is not important. It's not going to change the movie. It's not going to change. If you love it, you can love Educated. I don't care, but I want to be able, just like you can be like, Educated is the best book I ever read. I want to be able to be like, Educated sucked and I hated (laughs) it. And like, Neither of our opinions are going to make or break Tara Westover or Random House Publishing. Or, you know, like, it's like, so people are so self-important when it comes to books. I'm just like, just, you can have an opinion. I can see that makes total sense where you're right. We don't, it is, it is art and we are allowed to have an opinion about it. And that makes total sense to me. I do also, I think, see on the smaller side, like you're right, the books that everyone's seen, everyone's talking about, but I think some authors are hustling so hard for every little mention, but... But like, if you saw an indie movie and you didn't like it, you would still be like, oh, I saw that, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. It doesn't mean that your friends aren't going to see it necessarily. And it doesn't, you know, like, I think people think that their opinion about a book is like the most important thing in everyone else's life. And like... And this is coming from a person who knows that my opinions about books actually do influence how other people think and interact with those books. Yeah. But also, like, if Siskel and Ebert didn't like a movie, it doesn't mean I'm not going to see it. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. People are like, oh, I love Stranger Things. It's so great. Guess what TV show I'm not watching? Stranger Mm. Things. I don't care. I don't want to watch it. I'm not interested. And so, like, to me, I wish that we talked about books in the same way we talk about pop culture because I think that would make people more open to engaging with it. Like, I think people feel shame around not liking something and not liking a book and they're scared and they're going to hurt the author and this and that. And it's like, look, it's a business. I know people are hustling. I'm an independent podcaster. I'm hustling. I'm up against the big dogs. Like, and I get that. And people are allowed to not like me and not like my show. And that's fine. And like, whatever, I'm still going to make my art and authors are still going to write their books. But having like actual discourse that's genuine to me yes. is much more valuable to books than having this like fake, I don't want to review this book because I don't want to hurt the author's feelings. It's like, okay, do you think Picasso is worried about how you feel about his painting? Like, yes, no. That's a really good point. And I, I really do like that because it's that line between, hey, here's something I've created. 
I put it out in the world, but if I'm not ready for people to not like it, then I'm probably not ready for this. Or just don't engage with people's opinions yes. about your work. Like uh, that's the other thing. I don't read reviews of my show on iTunes. Though if you're listening, please leave a review. Very <laughs> helpful. Uh, but like I don't read them because they hurt my feelings because I'm sensitive. And like that's okay. Smart. I can be sensitive and not read them. And I can be in charge of my own boundaries. But like I do want people talking and engaging with my work honestly. I don't want people to be worried about me. And so yeah. they're just like, it was good. Like, no, I'd rather you be like, Tracy sucks. Her voice is annoying. And <laughs> she picks horrible books and has bad taste. Or be like, she's the greatest person on the face of the earth. But like, if you're being like, the show's okay because you're worried about my feelings. Like, no, don't worry about mm. me. Like, you should be living your life and engaging with art and talking about art and the ways that fill you up. Yes. And I'm going to do that for myself. And I wish everyone would do that because that is how art is supposed to be engaged with. It's supposed to, you're supposed to have feelings about it. And the yes. artist isn't supposed to be a factor in those feelings not, they are. They are supposed to be a factor in the feelings, but they're not supposed to be a factor in how you express yourself around the art. Interesting. I am, <laughs> I am totally like hooked on what you're saying. You're so, that makes so much sense to me. And you're right that, I mean, do you think it's because of the intersection of social media I now? Do. Okay. I do. And I think it's because author, this is, I talk about this a lot. I think authors need to mind their business, to be honest. Okay. I do not think that reviews are for creators, right? Like Siskel yes. and Ebert are not writing the review for Ava Duver Duvernay. They're not right, like, here, Ava, here's our here. notes. Those yes. notes happen before the thing is published. That's yes. between the editor and the book. That's between the cinematographer and the studio and the yes. actors. Once a thing comes out into the world whether you're ready to engage with criticism or not, that thing is out in the world. And that means it's open for audience engagement. Yes. If, an auth if someone writes a review of your book on Instagram, which is where I see this a lot because that's okay. where I am, okay. and they don't like your book or they don't like a character. Maybe they like your book, but they don't like a character. Okay. Or maybe they like some of your book and they don't like other parts of your book. And they don't tag you because I don't think you should tag authors because that's saying, hey, come look at this. And that to me is really rude and disrespectful because then they don't have the autonomy to decide if they want to look at it or not. Ooh. So for me personally, yes. I really encourage people not to tag authors to tag. on their posts, positive or negative. Okay. I never tag authors on my reviews because sometimes I'll be like, this review is really, this book is really good. And it got a little repetitive at the end, but it's really good. And I think you should go out and buy it. And if that author's having a bad day, they're going to, if they're like me, they're going to be like, she thought my book was repetitive, you know? And it's like, yes. I said it was great. Go buy it. You know? Yes. So for me, I'm just like, I don't ever tag okay. in reviews. With that being said, if they're not tagged and they haven't been invited to see it, mm -hmm. they have to just get in the group chat, text their friends and be like, this asshole said my book was repetitive. <laughs> what does she know? She's a hack. And like, talk your shit to your friends and your family and email your editor, tell your marketing team, but don't attack the people who are actually supporting you because that person who took the time to post about your book and review your book and talk about your book, what do they say? No publicity is bad publicity. Like oh. all of that is part of it. Yes. And so for me, it's like the authors have to stop using the readers as punching bags. Like they are mm. your audience. They are the people who are buying your books. And again, like I said before, I like it when people love books and read books that I didn't like because yeah. that, that to me is like... It's still know that the work I'm doing is valuable for other 
readers and in turn for authors, you know? So that's how I, that's how I think about it. I also don't, I am not a writer and I don't, the show, my show, I know a lot of writers listen and love it. And I appreciate that. And I love writers. I love reading their work. But yeah. this is a show about readers, about books and the people who read them. It's not a show about books and the people who write them. Mm. And so my, I am a reader. I approach the show as a reader. And to me, reviews are for the reader. They're not for the writer. It's letting me know what, like, if I read a review, it's like, okay, this person said this and that. Am I interested in this and that? No? Okay, maybe this isn't a book for me. Or, oh, this book is about this and that. My two favorite things. <laughs> like, I'm going to go out and get it. Yeah. And so for me, that's how I think about it. I am so glad that you said that because I feel like you are totally capturing what I love so much about your podcast. Oh, and that you. is <laughs> that you... My bad attitude. <laughs> It's your ability. You really are a deep thinker and (laughs) it comes through in what you say. You have examined your opinions and you've been doing this a long time. So I love listening to this because you're, Mm -hmm. you're really right. And I come at it from multiple sides because I'm, you know, in the midst of edits on my memoir and that's Mm. kind of a strange moment. Yes, but you're exactly right that once that's done, I, I have to feel good about what I've produced. Yeah the end. Like people, people then take this and do what they will with it. But you're right. That's a really, there's so many intersections now of, of social media and these ways that we do things that could be done differently. You're right. That almost honor the craft more yeah, and make it less about feelings. Yeah. It's just Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. It's not a personal attack if I don't like your book. I just, I, my job is to talk about books. I can't wait to send mine to you and (laughs) for you to maybe like or dislike it. And then we can talk about it. Would that be weird to talk to someone if you didn't have you, when you talk to people that you didn't like their book and you're reading it, how do you do that? So on the show, yes, I am nice to everyone because I believe that my job as the host is to host everyone. So if I don't like your book, I'm not going to have you on my podcast and be like, your book sucked because like, that's not a good conversation. However, if there's something in your book that I think is like problematic or I have questions about, I'll certainly ask you. I just try to ask it nicely. Yeah. Because I think that that's respectful. Like I'm not, I'm not here to like be mean to people. Right. And like, I don't, I don't think that listeners can tell when I don't like a book. Mm, Okay. I don't think it's clear. I mean, I don't know. No one's ever been like, you didn't like that book before to me. And it happens. Sometimes I just yeah. don't like books. Like, like I said, like, like I read a lot of books and a lot of them aren't for me. Yeah. And sometimes, and this, this happens a lot. Sometimes I actually don't care if the book is good or bad. I'm very interested in the, the guest. Okay. And I, maybe I've heard them speak before and been like, that person is so interesting. Mm-hmm. And the book isn't as interesting as the person is in conversation. So like, Sometimes I know I'm not going to like the book, but I just really want to have that person on to talk about this topic that I'm curious about. And again, sometimes I don't like a book and people love a book, you know? So like, I don't take, I don't take my own opinion to be important on a grander scale. Like I don't, like if I'm like, I don't like your book, I'm not going to be like, you suck as a person and couldn't come on the show. And <laughs> I, I never invite people on the show that I'm not curious about. Re- yes. Regardless of the book, because ultimately I have to be able to talk to you for an hour and ask you questions. And so if I'm curious about you, even if the book's not great, I still have questions for you. Yes. Because yes. usually I have people on before I read the book. 
You ever oh, start? Wow. Usually, usually I pick guests before I read the book. Okay. Got it. Like I'll like read about the book. I'll get the book. Maybe I'll check it out a little bit. And I'm like, I don't know if I love this book, but I really, I'm really curious about this person. Yes. So it's not always, sometimes I read the book first, like with the swimmers, I yes. finished the book and I immediately emailed her team and was like, I must have Julio Tsuka. Yes. But Make that's so. very rare that I'm like, I, I go to the book. Well, I go to the person well after I've read the book. Hmm. Interesting. I legitimately think I could ask you about 5,000 more questions because I'm so interested. And I'm going to be thinking about that a lot, this intersection of reviews being for readers and how that's become so much tougher for authors. And you're right. Like you have opinions, but still being a sensitive person. I mean, there's just so many layers. I could, I find that so fascinating and then, I mean, social media is like the best and worst thing of all yeah, time. So, of course. I mean, yeah. social media sucks yeah. sometimes. Like, it can be really hurtful. And, like, yes. I don't know. I think also, I, I, again, I'm not a writer, but I have to imagine, like, when you publish a book, there it, it is like a very sensitive, like, you're in a sensitive place. And, like, if you go on a book tour and then people are like talking to you and all of that stuff. So, I also try to be like very, again, structured about my reviews. Smart. I try to like pick. You know, if you if you're on my Instagram, I try to pick like one thing. I I tell you what the book's about. I tell you like one thing I liked or like a general whatever. If there's anything I don't like, I kind of put that in the second paragraph or later, and then I'm done. I'm mm-hmm. not giving you a three paragraph like novel. I'm just telling you quickly. I like this. I didn't like this. It's good. It's not good. It wasn't for me. Maybe I'll tell you if you like this, you might like this. Yes. This book reminded me of this book. Like I try to give people a sense, but also like I'm not trying to like change the way you think about this book that I read. You know, like, Mm. I just, I don't, I'm not that important. I think that I do that more on the show. I think more on the show, we're going to get into like what's going on in the book, what is like really juicy, whether I liked it or not, which I will never say on the show to the author because that is me. On the book club, I will say if I do or do not like a book. That when we do sense. book club episodes, I go all in because it's a book club and that's what yeah. book club is. That's what book But when I'm do. interviewing someone about their brand new book, I'm not like, hey, Julie, I read your memoir and you know what? It's bad. How do you feel? <laughs> How's your Wednesday going? It sucks. So do you. <laughs> How do like, you feel about uh, producing such garbage, Julie? That's yeah, question one yeah. on this interview. <laughs> We're so going to be here for an foremost, hour. <laughs> it's bad. How do you feel? Now what? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, this is going to be good training. I'm going to have to uh, loop back around right before mine comes out and you can yeah, give me I'll give you a, pep like talk. a good pep talk. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So since this is Ask a Librarian, do you have a question for me? Okay. I, I have a lot of questions for you. And my question comes with a question, which is, I don't even know if this is information that you have. Great. Or if this is something that is... Because I know librarians have a lot of different jobs. I don't know what kind of like librarian you are. Yes, yes. But my question is, what is the most checked out book at your branch of the library? So I... This is going to be such a bummer answer and mm-hmm. because I can tell you for sure what it is. I have so a I'm in, question. Okay, so, great. This question is a fail. No, I like okay. both. So I'm an elementary school librarian. Okay. So most checked out books, always Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Oh, never read it. People it's, like that. I haven't read it. I flipped through it. We call it brain candy in our library. We actually mm-hmm. have just a little section with that and uh, Big Nate, Timmy Failure. And we've gone back and forth with it being open or closed because my speech to the kid is always that it's, 
I want them to like the books they like and they can check out what they want, but I also want them to make a thoughtful choice. And mm -hmm. Wimpy Kid is like, here we go. They just don't have to think about it. So Got it. yeah, it's usually Wimpy Kid. And then I would say after that, it's Wings of Fire, which is Got by it. Sutherland is the last name of the author. And that's like a, I think there are maybe 15 books. It's about dragons. Got it. Oh. So I know these are the things you'll get to see come home once your little, uh, little ones are a bit bigger. I know. I don't like fantasy things at all. I'm really? Like, mm, no. Ugh. No. A fairy, a dragon, a fire. I mean, I, I do like fire if it's a okay. real fire, but not like a dragon breathing fire. I'm not into it. Okay. Perfect. Noted. Yeah. <laughs> like a like a Game of Thrones? Never. Couldn't be me. Star Wars? No. Any out outer space Star Trek? No, nothing. Nope, it's got to be just people I recognize doing things I've heard of. What about movies set in space, like Interstellar no. or no? no. Uh, so I saw Gravity. I hated it. So boring. I will not see Interstellar <laughs> or any of those things. No, I don't like space. Space is space is a no go for me. Fantasy is a no go for me. I, it's all. Oh, no. I love this. My one of my best buds is uh, she cannot watch space movies or really anything related to space. No, thank yeah. you. Stresses her out. But okay. I hope my kids will read dragon books. That's great. That's I, like great. I'm not personal. I, I as long as I don't have to read it, I really don't care. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, like, and yeah, that's a good so. thing. Did you have a follow up question that was related to that one? No, I had a question one? in case you didn't have an answer for my question. Like, because like, aren't some librarians are like not even like in libraries really? They're like doing other things. So I was like, maybe she's like doing other things, and she's like, I'm not at the circulation desk or whatever. Oh right, yes, no, there are other libraries, especially with programming and things like that, like in a yeah. public library. Yeah. So I was no, sure. no, mine's pretty much a drill down of got it. You know, do kids still read Roald Dahl? Is that a thing or no? Yes. His son. Yes. I know he's like a Nazi, so people don't like him anymore, but that was big when I was a kid. Roald Dahl is still around. And yeah, a lot of the books I've been, I've pulled in some of the older ones, like uh, the mixed up files of Mrs. Basil Frank Weiler. Did oh, you read that one when you no, were young? No, but people like that. I, so <sighs> I, I don't like, I didn't like children's books as a child. I liked adult books. Basically, since I could read chapter books, I was reading mostly adult books. I liked Matilda, but I read that younger, I think. You know, I read that okay. young. But then I was like, I'm reading books by adults for adults. So and I didn't you, really do a lot of that. Do you read anything younger now? Sometimes I read YA for the show. I, okay. The only YA I've ever truly loved is Jason Reynolds. Okay. Jason Ghost. Reynolds, I love. Yeah. I still haven't read Ghost. I oh, loved Look Both Ways. Look oh. Both Ways, like, moved me deeply. And, like, I read Anna Kay by Jenny Lee. Yes. Which is the Anna Karenina retelling. And I loved that. And it's allegedly YA, but it's older to me. Okay. Like, they're having sex, doing drugs, having a good time. It's yeah. like Gossip Girl. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's not, it's YA, but, like, it's not. And it's, same with like also uh, Mary H.K. Choi. She's allegedly YA. It's not. It's mm. older. Like it is. They're having sex. They're 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 doing drugs. They're smoking cigarettes. They're yeah. do, they're you know they're in college. Like YA but people consider that YA. Yeah. It well and right below it you have middle grade, which is yeah. That's what that. look both ways is. Okay, so I'm gonna check that one out because I don't have that one in my collection. Oh I have a lot my of other god, Jason Reynolds. Oh my God. It's okay. 10 short stories. I, the second story made me cry. Oh my goodness. I know. I, 
cry thinking about it. It's like one of the greatest stories, one of the greatest short stories of my life. It's so <gasps> fantastic. You know, it's so good. I, okay, this is killing me inside because I was literally just thinking, okay, I'll buy that today, but I can't because it's no by July. Um, and I got that through you. Well, I through. have an idea. Go oh. to your library. <laughs> Though I'm not librarying for No by July either. Oh, you're not? No. Because the point... So this is Antonia. She's a black girl reads on Instagram. Please link to the right thing. I will. Yep. Black girl that reads. No. Yeah. There you go. Yep. I got you. adjectives. Yeah. She's a doll. Love her. One of the people I met online that we've become friends in real life. We've hung out a few times when I visited New York. Obsessed with Antonia. She started doing a book buying ban and then she was doing No by July. And she and I talked and a lot of people were like, oh, just go to your library. But she's like, the whole point is to read what's on your shelves. Yes. And so I am not using my library except for audiobooks of books that I physically own. So I'm still reading my shelf. I just don't have time to read as many books physically. So if I'm on yes. a walk, I can listen. Yep. So that is like a small cheat. Okay. But, but if it's for work, yes. like for example, I I know what my, all my episodes are for August. So okay. I don't have this. But in January, when I didn't know, I had to buy a book for the show. Mm-hmm. But I didn't count that because it was I had to in order to interview the person. Right. That does feel so a for bit you. More if it's related. for like acquisitions for work, maybe you could fudge or maybe just I wait. Could. You three weeks. You know, It'll still be there. I will say I'm enjoying it so far because I've already read a couple that were on my shelf, and there is something calming because I love books so much, and I mm-hmm. love bookstores, and I love to buy books mm-hmm. and own them. But it can kind of get manic at yeah. times. Like I, I find myself, and also then it becomes kind of a retail therapy. But if I'm not actually doing the reading, then yeah. I'm not getting the benefit. So it has I'm been sure you have really plenty good. of books in your home. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, no, it's and I have, have a Kindle. Stacks. Oh, I have stacks. I also have. I'm sitting in front of an entire full wall of books, and I have all these stacked behind me, and I have books everywhere. Yeah. But I'm just like, I cannot buy things. Plus, I get yeah. sent books, and so new things are coming in. That's a win. But I'm trying not to read those for no by July. I'm trying to read anything new that comes in unless I have to read it at the end of the month for next month. For podcast. Perfect. Well, I think that's valid. And I, yeah, I can relate. This is how bad it is. I have books in hardback that I have not read yet that have now come out in paperback. Oh. Like I have. I have so many of those. (laughs) Okay. That makes me feel better. I mean, I get sent a lot of books. I get sent like, so I read about a hundred books, give or take a year. Okay. And I get sent... 300 books a year. Oh my gosh. So even if I read only brand new books that came into me in a year, I still would only read one third of what I get sent. And that doesn't factor in the fact that I don't like to read only new books because I have a, there's a huge world of backlist books that I want to read. And one of the things I hate about having to read new books is that, this is the thing I hate about my job sometimes, is that reading a backlist book that survived for five years or 10 years means it's probably somewhat good. Oh, a million Sometimes percent. Sometimes when I read a brand new book and nobody I know has read it, I'm just going in blind and I'm like, oh my God, I hate it here. And nobody could save me because I just picked this up off the pile and it's so bad. And I can't even talk bad about it with a friend because no one has it yet. And oh it's like, my gosh. it's that's like a real asshole, like 
it's so hard being me problem, but it is sometimes a thing where I'm like, because I like other people's opinions. I use reviews again, like yes. you're talking about, to aggregate what I want to read. And so when yes. I'm like the first first point of data entry, like I'll go on Goodreads and there's no reviews, and I'm like, this was okay, <laughs> <laughs> one star. Like, yeah, I read it. Um, but so I, that's one of the things I don't like about my job is like being the first one on a book. I'm like. Damn. Oh, that's amazing, though. It's true. When you do read a bad book, it is horrible. You want other people to read it so that they can, like, experience. I've done that to my sister a couple times. I I feel like I made her read a book. I was like, this is terrible. I need you to start reading it. Yeah. And bless her, she did. But she did save me also from reading the book that she and I always talk about is The Goldfinch. Now, are you... No, I would never read it. Have you seen how big it is? And it, nothing happens. I know nothing happens. I can tell by looking at that cover. There's so, an event at the beginning and then it's a bunch of pages oh of gosh. nonsense. Yeah. I, I know. I've heard enough about it. I have never read it because the summer that we moved here, Amy and I started reading it at the same time. She got about halfway. So she was ahead of me and she called and she said, Julie, absolutely not. She's like, do not. Mm-mm. She said, I cannot let you read this book. And now it's our one book where she actively goes into stores. And if she sees it, like she'll move it. (laughs) I would, when I first saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. A book about like a terrorist attack. This is my jam. And then someone was like, that's at the beginning. And then, and I was like, oh, nope. Nope, 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 nope. (laughs) Can't do it. But I heard her other book, like the secret history. I have heard amazing things. Amazing. And I've heard things actually happen. Yes. I've heard it's like a tense, there's like some tension. Probably not going to read it because I'm too scared. Secret history, secret history. Yes. Yes. The secret history. Donna Tart. Yeah. Donna Tart. Yes. So I think she'll do fine. Even if we're not fine. This this is exactly right. We can talk bad about Donna's book. We've never read. This is how it's supposed to go. It's how you're supposed to engage. It's so true. Donna, we wish you all the best. And Donna's Donna's filthy rich. She's sold billions of copies of her books. She sold it into like a movie and a TV. She doesn't oh, yeah. care about us. Donna doesn't yeah. care. Donna's happy. She's Donna, laughing all the way to the bank. She really is. And yeah. it's same with Stranger Things, right? They don't need yeah. your they your don't view. Care. No, they don't, they don't care. care that you're not watching it. No. no. Tracy, this has been a delight. Thank I you. I had this was so, fun. so much fun talking to you. So thanks Thank for all you. the time. And Thanks for what you do. I think that you bring a lot of critical thought to reading and we all benefit from it. I really do. It's really. I think think I'm such a dumb, dumb. So, (laughs) no, I think you do a great. You're, but I think that's what's so perfect about you is that you actually are a very deep thinker. You're thinking very intentionally when you talk to the guests, all these things. And also you talk about the snacks. Like that's what it's, it's such a great balance. So I will be sending everyone your way and thank you. I'll be sending you a copy of my book. I'll probably send you like 10 copies just to be annoying. Just so I have extra. Yeah, exactly. I guess I don't have anywhere to, I just have open space for a book. And also (laughs) if you don't like it, then you can give it to your friends and they can read it too. Well, I have a little free library. So if you want to get out in the world, you just send it my way. I'll I'll pump it out. I myself am a librarian. Thank you for asking. There you go. (laughs) Perfect. A little free library. They're adorable. Well, thank you so much for this time. And I hope that you have a great rest of your day. Thank you too. Thanks, friend. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Ask a Librarian. As always, it's my joy to share and learn with you. You can follow me on Instagram at Julie Writes Words, or you can go to my website, 
juliewriteswords.com. There you'll find the show notes, including all the books mentioned in the episode. See you in the stacks next week. And until then, friends, never go anywhere without a book. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.